I'll do. Darren Clarkson podcast. Whitewater podcast. Sometimes I talk about auto running, but very rarely because it is a Whitewater podcast. Uh, last podcast I did, uh, if you listen to it, was on the banks of the Sun Cozy Boat Cozy in the jungle in the uh, Nepalese Himalaya. Way! This one is uh, recorded from my bed uh, on the East Yorkshire, North Yorkshire sort of boundary, really, uh, on the banks of the River Air, which is a great touring river where I am with kingfishers and LBJs, little brown jobs. Uh, it's completely different, but it's walking distance and it means I can paddle. Right, what we're we talking about, we're going to talk about loads of stuff, and I have just spoken to myself for 20 minutes. Uh, doing this podcast and realised I'd forgotten to press the record button. So this is my, uh, point two, <laughs> version two of this podcast, even though no one heard the first one. Right. There's been a bit of a boredom on my part and uh, since I got back from Nepal. And I spent a lot more time on social media than I normally spend, which if anybody that knows me is like, wow. How do you spend more time on social media than you normally do? Uh, yeah. And I've noticed that there's been a couple of posts about how expensive boats are. Now, this is sort of a an annual or four times a year thing, isn't it? You know, we we, we tend to get ah, boats are expensive posts quite a lot. And uh, it's that time of year, isn't it? I think when boats prices are getting recognised as being high. This is UK and uh, I'm sure it's the same for the States and mainland Europe and Asia, Malay and you know down down under and all that. I'm sure it's the same. But I'm gonna talk about Europe uh, not Europe. I'm gonna talk about the UK, not Europe because we're not there anymore, are we out? We divorced you all. Hey, no, not yay. This is probably one of the reasons why it's expensive. Uh so we're gonna talk about boats and prices and uh my thoughts on it. It's interesting, it's an interesting topic, isn't it? So, let's start off. My first boat was a Black Dancer, bought from Wilderness Ways, which is now Nevisport in Leeds. Cost me 350 quid back in the late 80s. I was 15-ish at the time, I think. Born in 75, so yeah, bangs it in at the late 80s, just on the cusp of the 90s. Cost me about 350 quid, if I remember, which by modern money is just over a grand. Right? You know, purchasing power of late 80s, early 90s to now, that would be uh, about a grand. And I don't, I'm not like an economist, so I've had to Google it, and we know that Google's wrong. And there are other search engines available, you could use Bing, I guess, uh, Ask Jeeves, probably not so much anymore. Uh, but like I say, just over a grand. Now, you're going to say, but Darren boats are nearly 16, 17, 1800 quid. Uh, yeah, they are. Modern boats are, all right? They range from about just over a grand, don't they? And they come up to about 1,700 quid just over. Uh, but let's sort of, for the sake of our discussion here, let's bang them at 15 uh, and generalise them. Because it, the boats that are sitting just over a grand will creep up and the boats at the top might come down. So we're going to generalise it at a grand. But my boat, back in the day, my dancer, uh, had rope end grabs, keeper plastic footrests, Plastic seat, moving thigh grips. That was it. No seat pad, no hip pads, no backband. No free airbags. No bulkhead footrest. It was a side-to-side mould. Uh, 
which meant the seam of the boat ran down the top and bottom. Uh, and I think that was done because we couldn't, as an industry, work out how to uh, take the cockpit out. We had to push the cockpit out, which we do now, which is why boats tend to be rolled at top and bottom. And this was a left-right mould. Now, if I'm wrong on that, please, somebody that worked in uh, boat moulding back in the days, comment below. Uh, because I'd like to know the answer to that, but I think that's the answer. Anyway, this boat was a grand. And it was a good, the dancer's a good boat. It was a couple of years old as a design, you know, when I got it. But it was still a good boat, you know. It was a boat that you could run into rolling. It was a boat that you could run... You know, uh, class one, class two, you could run class five and it dancers did the stickeen. You could go expeditions in it. Not that I did at the time I was learning, but it did loads of stuff. You know, it was a, a really good, although it was billed at the time as the world's most popular playboat, which has a different connotation to playboats now. But it was the boat that sort of rocketed, I think, the partly responsible for the explosion in recreational whitewater paddling and one boat that could move through the grades and you could like, like I say you could learn in it and you could run class 5 in it so I've just done a bit of googly google again could have used Bing but, uh, or what's the other one you can use look you can use loads okay. and uh, I've just sort of had a look to see what modern boats that have been out a few years but can encompass that sort of range of white water. And the Mamba sort of sits in that sort of area where you can run class two in it and you can run class five in it and it's done Mr. Keen. Now, they've just brought out a dagger, a dagger, I said just. Uh, the dagger boat is now available. I think it's called Club Spec, which is moulded in thigh grips. It's got no ratchets in it. It's got a seat pad as opposed to a seat lifter. And stuff like that. Now that boat's coming in online at just shy of 700 quid. Perfectly good boat. It's got metal end grabs. Uh, it's got a drain bung. It's got safety bars. It's got a step out. It's got uh, black mini cell as opposed to white ether foam that I had in mine. You know, the actual boat is way more advanced than that dancer. And it's, like I say, it's coming in at just shy of 700 quid. Which is cheaper pound for pound than my dancer was. Okay, spending power wise, it's cheaper as a boat. So let's not even get into a discussion now about boats being too expensive because that's cheaper, right? Pound for pound, spending power wise. What we have to also get our heads around is the fact that 30 years ago we had very limited numbers of boats being manufactured and in fact imported into Britain there wasn't that many boat manufacturers so the dancer probably sold a couple of thousand units in Europe if not in the UK whereas a boat these days I'll be lucky to cross a hundred some boats will last and do loads won't they you know the burn for example did loads and loads but it comes in multiple sizes and multiple generations so if we take out the the size denominations and each size is a is a figure and each model we take those out and we just see how much say a mark one how many mark one mediums got made and so, uh, and sold in the UK for example well, that gives a good figure wouldn't it so this interests me it really interests me 
Now, you can get a modern designed boat with modern-ish, and I'm going to put that in brackets, ish outfitting for less than 800 quid, 900 quid. Titan Nymph, for example. Uh, Stern Squirty, back-endy, rivery creaky boat, made by Yapper, imported into Britain. Paddles really well, actually. For for its money, it paddles really well. Outfit is a bit dubious, but it's got ratchets, it's got a full plate footrest, it's got really aggressive thigh hooks. It works as a boat, right? It works. I quite like it. Uh, we don't see many in Britain. We probably see, I reckon there's probably less than 50 Titan nymphs in Britain. That's niche, isn't it? Really niche. Cheap boat, though. Cheap boat to get into the into the uh, into the game. Similarly, the Riot Magnum. I love the Riot Magnum. Uh, I loved it when it first came out. And I still love it now. It's about twenty years old as a boat, creek boat. It'll do everything you want it to do. It'll run class five. You can learn to roll in it. And again, that's coming in at under seven hundred quid. So there are boats there that you can paddle as somebody new to the sport. And then we've got our sort of premium brands at 1,500 dabs. And like I say, that's 1,500 as a sort of ballpark. One of the arguments that we have in this sport is that boats are too expensive to be inclusive for the general community. And I think they are, right? This is a rich person's sport. I don't care what anyone says, right? It's a dry robe wearing, crock bothering, Jack Johnson listening, transformer van driving, Middle class sport, right? I'm a working class lad, okay? Not sort of tenement block working class, you know, but I'm from a a town that's got really high unemployment. You know, it's got really sort of damaged socioeconomics. It's got really low self-esteem as an area. It's got a fraction... Uh, of people in work it's got huge swathes of people living in social benefit <clears throat> that's where i was from where i got brought up yes i got brought up on a nice middle class estate with you know 2.4 kids and a, the nuclear family but my schooling and my cultural experience is that of uh social low demographics and all that you know i know many people that are on that sort of cusp the canoe club that i learned to paddle with i started off at white rose canoe club which their pool sessions were armly armly and leeds if anybody knows where armly and leeds you probably know it for the prison because of the victorian monstrosity uh but it's now probably really famous for its meth uh and then i moved to the canoe club which was close to where I lived, and that was in uh, Penn and Club, and it was run out of Dewsbury Sports Centre at the time, and now they've got a site in Murfield and Dewsbury Sports Centre. Dewsbury, as a let's look at this as an example, Dewsbury, you can buy flats, apartments in Dewsbury for twenty grand, right? That are still not selling. People are still not buying them. They've got the money. You know, you know, a town's snookered when McDonald's leaves. You know, <laughs> that's Dewsbury for you. Uh, I did a film in Jewsby a couple of years back 
and uh, we ended up filming methadone cups blowing down the street. It's really deprived. So how can we get people into the sport in deprived areas? Now, yes, we can buy these boats at 600, 700 quid. Really good. And that's a really good starting point. Isn't it? A club can buy those boats. But how many can it realistically afford when it has to cut corners on membership to get people in the club in the first place? Because people can't afford, you know, five quid a session or 20 quid a year, whatever it's going to cost. Because these people, you know, like, are struggling with life through no fault of their own. I'm not even going to get into a debate about, you know, get on your bike and find a job, uh, either. Uh, ethos i'm not going to even do that so how do we get these boats into yes i know uh, there are funds available to help clubs out in this uh, arena but the pot again is only so big and there's so many areas that need people to get boats like that that it's really tricky but i'm not going to listen to people when they sit to tell me that you can't get a boat at a reasonable price because you can, because I've just Googled it. Right, you can. You can get a boat at a reasonable price that's a couple of years old. No, I, most of my boats that I paddle at the moment, in fact, all my boats I paddle at the moment, uh, together, 13 of them didn't cost 1,500 quid in total. And they're all, set, they're all used. I got a new boat for years. I've turned down sponsorship on three boats. As you know, I've mentioned this a few times. Uh, I have enough pieces of plastic in me in my shed. Uh, I don't need another piece. And if I do, I'm buying used an next demo. So that there are avenues for getting cheaper boats. Right, let's look at these 1,500 quid boats. Outfitting's ace, isn't it, in modern boats? I don't like it, right? I don't like modern outfitting. I rip most of my modern outfitting out because I'm a heathen. <laughs> I don't like ratchets. I, uh, I just don't like them, so I tend not to have them. I tend to take them out and tie my back bands off uh, because I don't like ratcheting in tight. And I know some people are going to go, but Clarkson, that's wrong. You should do it. Well, it don't work for me, and I ain't doing it. Okay, don't like it. If I can't get in and out of my boat with the back of the set as it is, it's too tight for me. So I don't like it. Right. My hip pads are pretty loose and my foot plates are pretty loose. I don't have my feet really super tight on my foot plates. Uh, because I like to wiggle my toes. Wiggle my toes. That's better in English, isn't it? Wiggle my toes. Wiggle my toes. Wiggle my toes. Right. But is cool, isn't it? Metal end grabs. Really cool. Evolution in boat design. Brilliant. Love it. Right. But will this 1500 quid boat make you a better paddler than a boat from five years ago? Might make you a better paddle for a boat from 10 years ago, but I'm not convinced that there's been that much of a jump in five years. Although the skip phenomenon's been pretty cool, hasn't it? You know, we've discussed this before in podcasts where boats now skip out of drops as opposed to plug-in. Uh, makes boosts so much easier, gives you a lot more confidence, but then maybe you like the skill base, so when you degrade, you get a bit of a dick in. Right. But it's cool, isn't it? I want to spend more than 1,500 quid in a boat. I'll be honest with you. I want to spend loads more. Right. If my 
intent that I lust after, which is a Hilleberg silver, is costing me a grand for what is technically a piece of nylon, right? I want my could be life saving piece of moulded dead dinosaur to cost me considerably considerably more than that. Now, as we've sort of briefly covered, boats don't sell like they used to back in the day because we've got a proliferation of brands. So each brand has got a way smaller part of the pie now. So a brand that might sell a thousand units of one boat a decade ago or more is now going to sell a hundred-ish of that same model. So therefore, they've got to increase the price because they've got to cover the costs a lot more because there's been a big drop. There's also been a huge increase in uh, gas for ovens, plastic, dead dinosaurs, fossil fuels, blah, blah, blah. I want to spend way more on my boats. Right? I think people should. I think people should spend way more on the boats because they might keep hold of them when they swim. They might rescue them when they swim as well. You know, they might not drag them down car parks. You might tie them to your roof better. You might not boof off as many rocks. You know, you might paddle rivers with water in as opposed to scrape down bedrock. You know, you might make your boat last a lot longer if you paid more for it. Right? Because to be honest, it's high water enough, isn't it, watching a grand float past your eye at sort of nine cubics a second, isn't it? That's, that, that's, there must be a tear to your eye. And uh, especially if you let go of your paddle as well, like a 400 quid bit of glass, fiberglass, go past us. But if your boat's two grand and your paddles are grand, just shy of a grand, then you might chase that. But you might not, you know. Uh, having said that, I don't really want to spend two grand on a on a boat, realistically, because that's more than my car. But, you know, it is what it is, isn't it? Should we spend more on our boats? Yeah, we should. We definitely should, right? Uh, I want people that make my boats to be paid a fair wage. And I'm not talking about the company owners, but I mean, some company owners, the bigger company owners, I'm sure I've got enough money, but there's some companies that are a bit, even though the premium brands are quite small companies, they probably drive beat up old trucks. They probably live in the woods most of the time. They've probably, you know, not eaten a meal out in decades. and <laughs> probably have the same pants on that they had, you know, uh, back in 1995. I want my company owners, my small company owners, to have a fair, a fair wage for the time they put into making our hobbies and our adventures and our expeditions good and safe and fun and life-saving. I want the people that work in our factories that make these boats to have a fair wage, to work in situations that have got really good health and safety. Because if anybody here has worked in a factory that involves heat and large machinery, you know how dangerous that can be, yeah? We all know how dangerous that can be. So I want people to be paid a fair wage to have, you know, health and safety in place, to have a work environment that's satisfactory. Not, not just satisfactory, good. A good work environment, right? That's what I want. I want a pay, I want that for when I get my product, right? This is why I buy Patagonia fleece jackets and not Regatta or Cragopper fleece jackets, right? I want it to be fair to everyone. Right. I also, perhaps, if we have boats that cost a lot more, A, we might keep them a bit longer. Okay? Because we might. You know, we might treat them with a bit more respect. Okay? But we might also not buy them in the first place. We might buy used. Okay? Which I'm sorry, manufacturers, but that will sort of... 
have a knock on effect. But then it may make manufacturers think about other avenues we can go down. If our plastics, our dead dinosaurs are going to cost us two grand, two and a half grand in the not too distant future, it then becomes really economically viable for us to be looking at ways to make more eco-friendly boats, doesn't it? Okay? Because eco-friendly boats have got to be the future. We know this. Okay? Composite boats. Composite boats then become really, really affordable, don't they? If, you, if, you, if a plastic boat's going to be two grand, a composite boat, we, we can fix ourselves. Might actually lift our skill base a little bit because we're not going to want to bounce off rocks a lot more, you know, in composite boats. We're not going to want to drag them down car parks. We're not going to let them float down rivers when we swim, right? We can start using flax and bamboo as viable alternatives to these dead dinosaurs and our reliance on fossil fuels. Just maybe, just maybe. And I am just spitballing it here. Just maybe. And I know this ain't right for everyone, okay? I know that. I get that. Some people, you know, want to buy a cheaper boat. We think it's too expensive. How can we get people into the sport? And I get that. And it's a tricky one. It really is tricky. Right? Everyone likes to be cool, don't they? And a few of us, uh, and I'm sure I think there's probably a lot more of us, see through the marketing of of boats. So when a boat comes out, and some manufacturers sort of scatter bombers with marketing, don't they? YouTube and magazine articles and social media, and everybody you see on the river's got the new boat because they've uh, borrowed it from a shop, and they've done really well promoting that boat as the brand. And then some boats are just not like that. Some boats are sort of sit under the radar for ages and ages and ages, and they've become a bit niche. So, are we going to start seeing more niche boats where prices are pretty high, but the boats become more specialised to the user, as opposed to a generic uh, anyone can paddle this boat, even though the different sizes. If you sort of see what I'm saying, uh, Corrin's making boats. That, there's loads of Corrin designs, and they're all pretty niche in their own ways. And I'm sure Corrin's numbers are really low, but the amount of time and effort he's putting into those designs yeah, deserve the price tag, for sure. Okay? Composite creek boats, composite river boats. There's a few on the market. Yeah, the Shinobi has been out for a while. Letman are still banging out composite creek boats. You know, uh, Mega have got a composite uh, creek of the Cheetah. These boats are just things of beauty, and people should respect them. Uh, get some glitter in there, you know. Let's have some. Let's have the glitter days back. Then we start seeing a sort of expansion, don't we? Rather than plastic pig boats, which you know I've got plenty myself. Plastic Tupperware, leaving microplastics everywhere on every rock slide. We start getting into this sort of arena of. Uh, of change, I think, is what I'm looking for. You know, of change where we respect our boat a bit more, we self-patch maybe, or we have a little uh, cottage industry of patching. I know we've got that now with uh, a few people doing plastic welding. I know that. But perhaps we could start doing it ourselves. I don't know. I don't know. It's just spitballing, isn't it? Just ideas. But I do think that we need to sort of think about our reliance on these plastics. Boats are ace. I love them. I bloody love them, right? I do. 
I think there's there's not a bad boat on the market at the moment. I don't think there's been a bad boat designed for decades now. Uh, there's some bad names on the market, but I don't think there's actually a bad white water boat on the market. And let's be honest, we are super, super niche, right? White water boats are super, super niche. Within that niche, we have more niche, don't we? So any manufacturer that's knocking out boats, that are they are just white water manufacturers. They're not making sit on tops. They're not making cool boxes. They're not making wiggly bins or traffic cones or life boys. They are just making white water boats. Kudos, kudos to you, because I don't think it's easy to survive in the marketplace if you're just knocking out white water boats. If you're a factory making plastic boats, you can make loads of plastic things and you probably earn more knocking out car bumpers than you do making boats. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for spending time that's probably sometimes at a loss for the passion for making bits of plastic that we can explore the world with. Okay? Because that's what we're doing. We're exploring the world. We might even be exploring local. We're having adventures. We're pushing ourselves. Some of us are having life-changing experiences because of what you guys do. Okay? So thank you for making this stuff that we can enjoy. Yeah? Stick whatever price you want on it. Okay? Importers, stick whatever price you want on it. We'll either buy it or we won't. But can we start looking as well? And I know some of us can, uh, looking at more eco-friendly products. And I know the only way to do that is to have some sort of revenue stream uh, where we can innovate off the back of that. Okay? And we perhaps need to bump up the price of plastic so that we can look elsewhere. Or we can bang out loads and loads of cheap boats, loads of mega cheap boats, that are a decade and two decades old in design. We can get loads of people in the water. Okay, loads of people in the water. Right? And we can expand the participants in our sport. There's another way of doing it. Again, this is like a fireside pub chat, isn't it? Uh, but I've only had one coffee, so I'm not rattling off that quick. But thank you so much, guys and girls, for listening. Thank you also. Uh, I've just thanked the boat guys and girls for designing and making our leisure activities because it is just folly isn't it but i'm going to thank the people that have recently been buying me coffees and i don't mean dirt canyon coffee which is my coffee brand i mean buy me a coffee which is the thing that's linked to this app on podbean uh it does cost me to host this uh this podcast and i've set up a little thing buy me a coffee where you can virtually buy me a coffee but it really just goes to pay for the the hosting of the this so thank you so much for everyone that's done that. Thank you to, me, to people that listen as well, because it must be really difficult for you to listen to a Yorkshire bloke write a lot of that stuff you're probably not that interested in. Uh, and then every so often I might make you laugh or swear or something like that. If you've got comments about boat prices, bang them in the, bang them in the comments. Uh, it's a good debate, isn't it, boat prices? It really is. It could be worse. We could pedal sea kayaks, which are nearly four grand. But, you know, we don't do we plastic, we pedal plastic boats. And if we look after them, they'll last us ages. Although I have been told recently by a, a reputable whitewater kayak manufacturer that a plastic boat has only got about a decade's worth of lifespan before you need a new one, which I can't believe. Okay? I can't believe that because most of my boats are older than that. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? And, uh, Perhaps if we can't afford boats, we can we can hire boats. I've said this before. We can hire boats. So if you've got a shop near a river, why don't we just hire boats at 25 quid a time? And if you paddle twice monthly, 
another panel 10 months a year, then it's going to cost you 500 quid, isn't it? Which is still cheaper than buying a boat new. You get a new boat every time you paddle, new shape. And uh, you probably spend less than what you'd lose on a resale of a boat over the course of the year. But what do I know? What do I know? Uh, maybe it's time you know, that we start having boats on hire, like we do cars, or some people have cars. Right, thank you so much for listening, gang, and uh, I will chat very soon. Toodle pips.